This is B-Side, I'm Andrea Seabrook, and I'm at a baseball game in Washington, D.C. Houston Astros versus the Washington Nationals, brand new team. And you know, we're used to, as Americans, watching our pastime, our favorite sports, hearing the beer vendors go by, hearing the guys selling lemonade, hot dogs. But you know, we're not used to looking at the game from the point of view of the baseball players. And even when we do, you know, you hear about the life of Barry Bonds or superstar pitcher Kurt Schilling, you know, the superstars, the stars of the game. Not the man who struggles to make the team or who works to even provide for his family while moving from city to city. On this edition of B-Side, we have an audio diary from two seasons in the life of Adam Heisdu. Adam is an outfielder and was picked in the first round of the baseball draft back in 1990, fresh out of high school. In his 15-year baseball career so far, Adam has played in about 1,400, 1,400 minor league games and a couple hundred major league games usually late in the season when the major leagues expand their rosters from 25 players to 40. Adam is married with three kids and has been traded from team to team, going from minor league team to the majors and back again, moving all over the country as his family follows. The first baseman, number 26, Mike Lamb. They have a home in Arizona, but they move so often during baseball season that their kids are actually homeschooled. For players like Adam, who are on the edge of a major league career, spring training is like a month-long audition. We join Adam as he prepares for spring training in 2004 with the Boston Red Sox. He's hoping to make the opening day roster something he's never done before. I'm Adam Heisdu. I grew up in Cincinnati. I was drafted out of high school in the first round and have been playing professional baseball for the last 14 years. In that time, my career has gone from prospect to suspect to prospect to a guy that's competing to make a team. My hopes going down to this spring are to accomplish a certain amount of uh, respect with my new coaching staff and new front office. And I guess the best way to do that is, is to perform, you know, get hits, good at-bats, good base running, make all the plays in the outfield. Going in this year, that I'm 32 years old, and you, you start to think that, you know, I may not have that many more years left. But it, to me, it would be, it would be kind of heartbreaking to look back and, and say, you know, I quit before I was done. Maybe I could have done something in the game. The season starts April 1st, and it's my intention to be on that opening day roster. Um, I, I guess we're going to come down in the last couple of days in March and, and they'll tell us who's on the team. And so my anticipation right now is to be one of those 25 guys on a flight north going to open the season. My name is Julie and we've been married 13 years. We met when we were 16, uh, so we're high school sweethearts. And um, we've moved about 54 times. <laughs> so. Each year is different. We think every year it's going to get easier, and it doesn't. With three children, it's getting harder in their ages. We take one day at a time. It's our life. They really don't know any different. They know when it's time to go, and they know this is what their daddy does for a living, so we just pack up and go. This is Alexa speaking. This year, everybody's older. My dad's 32.
32, I'm 7, my big brother's 10, my little brother's 3. This is the mixed emotion day. Waking up for the last time in your home. I'll see you in about 13 days, okay? Okay. Okay. What is that? Did you see your hair? Yes, I saw it. That is a piece of work. Thank you. You're welcome. Zach, I'm going to miss you. Leaving to Florida today. This is a tough time, but with the promise and excitement of a new season. So it's about 6.30 a.m., getting ready to go to the airport. These noises always remind me of spring training. Buses, jets, people talking, goodbyes, saying goodbye to my family for a couple weeks before they come to Florida. But I'm at the airport and the emotions are mixed and they're troubling and they're exciting and all that stuff. So we'll see what happens. Bye-bye. Today was check-in day. Got a quick reminder of where I stood on the pecking order, just playing catch with Pokey Reese. And, you know, one of the coaches comes by and says hi to everybody, gives hugs and everything, and invites Pokey to hit with the catchers, except didn't off extend the invitation to me, which is really no big deal. It's just one of those things that you that lets you know that, you know what, you're not an established guy, and so you're going to have to suck it up. It's later on in the day, on Thursday. I spoke with Bill Miller today. He was, uh, it was just kind of good to hear someone's perspective. He was last year's National League batting champ. Yeah, this is Bill Miller giving his explanation on hopes for the late additions to the team and what he might hope for. Well, to start in the outfield, I think you're looking for a guy that's very versatile that can play all three positions. Uh, obviously, that has a strong arm and now give you quality at bats and kind of understanding his role and uh, ready to help the team in any way he can. Today is the first day of live batting practice. First on my docket was Tim Wakefield, which is actually a good way to start spring because you're typically a little behind. So you get to face a guy that doesn't throw very hard. The first two pitches, you know, they just work on stuff. They tell you what's coming. And that's just good. For, they're just trying to get their work in. We're trying to see some pitches. And then uh, face Byung Young Kim. I mean, just two guys that no one else in the world are like. Felt I swung the bat very well today. Saturday. Today we hit off Kurt Schilling, who, you know, is Mr. Savior in Boston, evidently. And most pitchers just kind of get their work in, they tell you what's coming, and they just kind of honor that, that understand that the hitters have only been here a day. Well, he's not like that. He doesn't tell you what's coming, and he's trying to have all his best stuff out there. You know, whatever works. So, but it's definitely not the most comfortable thing as a hitter. So whatever, it doesn't matter, it means nothing. The only reason if it's of note is because it was against 
the guy that's supposed to lead him to the promised land. Here I'm on Fort Myers Beach. This is the part of spring training that always seems kind of weird. You're amidst people who are enjoying themselves, relaxing on vacation. And you're here because your job brings you here. And that you have to go work and try and earn a spot, actually earn the job that you desire. It's always kind of weird that there's so much more riding on this trip to the beach, so to speak, than a trip to the beach. Thursday night, had our first game tonight. Good news, bad news. Three good at-bats, but no hits. You know, they uh, you get taught all you can do is put the ball in play and put the ball in play hard. And so, well, uh, I did that. But in the end, no one remembers hard-hit balls. They just all oh, you're hitting what you're hitting. I could have felt terrible and had a couple blue pits and beat hitting 500 right now and instead I'm hitting zero. Today the family arrives. Hi, my name's Alexa. <laughs> and they're very excited to see their father, which is <laughs> Which is nice. I'm here with my daddy, although my friends are in Arizona. But that's alright, because I'm here with my daddy. You know that the family went to the beach, enjoyed it, enjoyed the heck out of it. I played eight innings today, two walks, single with uh, an RBI. So it was a pretty good day offensively, on base three times. It's good to get a couple hits. Kind of takes the edge off a little bit, you know, because the longer you go without a hit, you just you want to get an address, you know. You want to get some numbers by your name, so to speak. 7 p.m. game against the Reds tonight. Wow, what a night. A couple good plays in the outfield, but it's nice to hit too because if you don't hit, you won't be around very long. Holy Toledo, the struggles continue. Maybe the most disappointing day of the spring. Uh, second at bat, two guys on, we're down two runs. We've kind of rallied in the ninth, and I strike out in the game. Just a very discouraging thing to have happen. You know, you just kind of like, uncle, what gives? You give everything you've got all of the time. But yet, these things happen sometimes. You just roll with them. Can't dwell on it. It's an everyday thing. It's an everyday grind. It's a constant adjustment. It's the people that make the adjustments quicker, that have more success. And, uh, you know, occasionally there's guys that just have it. I'm one of the guys that needs to work at it. Until we meet again. D-Day in Jupiter, Florida. Just finished my round of batting practice. And Terry calls me over. And says, Adam, can I talk to you? Never really a good thing this time of year. He says, as of right now, we don't have you slated as making our club. It's 
the emotion's always disappointing. Somehow it's easier this time, I think, because my spring went uh, not as well as I'd liked. You know, any kind of doubt or uncertainty that creeps into your mind is never good. And I had some of that. I had some of that not... I, I guess it all stems from not feeling good about, you know, your swing. And so that parlays into bad thinking. And bad thinking is a bad thing. The seasons he spent in the minor leagues, he's played almost 1,400 minor league games. You gotta love the game. Your wife's gotta love the game, and your kids have gotta love the game. And they both gotta love you, and you, and you <laughs> to put up with it. Yeah, and you better have a good. How upset can I ever get? I mean, what can happen to me on this earth that I haven't been through? I've held my my own dead son in my hands, and so for someone to to look at me and say, "Well, gee, he should be more upset," or how does he deal with the disappointments? Well, it's all relative. Uh, how big a disappointment is it to find out you're going to AAA in, in regards to the type of emotions you feel when you find out that your firstborn son um, just passed away? Uh, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to get beat up over the baseball? I mean, seriously, where we hung up, you know what I mean? So I, you want to deal with emotion, deal with that. And so as the spring training ends, uh, so too another year of spring training ends, and uh, they, boy, they mount up quick. And the only thing that's consistent about all those years is the fact that as of right now, every one of them will have been started in the minor leagues. <laughs> Holy cow. I mean, seriously. But it is what it is. And you understand that there's a greater good. back at this baseball game in Washington DC and you know it's so exciting when they hit a home run or a ball goes into the stands and everybody is rushing for the ball. This is what makes baseball great. But then there are times in the game when your guy just strikes out. And you know to us, the spectator, it's just a, you know, it's like another bump in the game, and it's all part of the fun, right? If we didn't strike out sometimes, the home runs wouldn't be as exciting and exhilarating as they are, but for someone like Adam Heisdu to strike out in a major league game could make or break his career. So it takes this incredible perseverance, this incredible concentration You've got to keep a laser focus on your goal every moment of every game. And when you don't do it well in one season, you put on your cap and you start right back out fresh in the next one.
And so in this next segment, Adam Heisdu heads back for another year of spring training. And once again, he hopes to make an opening day roster. The, the winter was, uh, was short. And so what, quite honestly, we never caught up to this winter. We never could fully catch up and feel like we, you know, were standing still. You know, you're practicing a couple times a week. You're driving all over the city on the weekends. And, and for a 10-year-old's football team, which Zach loved it. And so we grew to love that as a family. Alexa played soccer, and she loves that. And so when all that kind of subsided, we had a chance to finally sit down and relax. This is nice. You know, we'll sit here, we'll, we'll enjoy a couple weekend nights, uh, watch some movies, and, you know, that type of thing. But it's just, you never... Fully prepare for leaving your home to the point where you're like, oh, great, let's go. And, and everybody's on the same page. Can't wait to pack up and move across the country. We can't believe we're going back again. That we're, you know, uprooting again. We're moving across the country, but this is our vocation, and that's what we're going to do. Packing up. Making the final moves. This is it. Well, we have some moments where, okay, one of us is packing more than the other, and mostly that's me doing the lesser end of that uh, in terms of preparation. And so she reminds me, and it, but it's been like the last six years, it just seems like she's like, okay, you still like game, baseball? You still love it, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, let's go. You know, if baseball ends tomorrow, I will be totally fine with that. If we go another five years, we'll go another five years. I'm a fan of Adam, so I'm going to do what it takes. She knows she's told me where she stands, but she also knows that I'm still enjoying it and having fun. It's not going to do either one of us any good for me to fight this. It's just going to create friction in our relationship, and I'm going to let Adam play it out. He's going to be at home, this is Julie speaking, obviously, he's going to be at home for, you know, 30, 40 years after baseball's over. And so she needs to decide how much she really likes me. I'm going to be at the house every day. Last year was a process of not making the team out of spring training, the disappointment, getting through that. As the season went on, and at the All-Star break, essentially is when my season changed, through Julie mainly, uh, just to have fun, enjoy the game again. This is his passion, this is his job, this is how he provides for our family. It's a, it's a hard living, but it's a great living as well. Where we are is where we're supposed to be. The Lord has a plan. If we're not supposed to be there at that time, then we're not. And yes, the money would be better in the major leagues, but that's not what it's about. This is what he loves to do. and. You, you just never know. And he's healthy, and there's always hope. I'm resigned to the fact that I'll compete, I'll go and compete until... I, I haven't had to beg for a job yet. And so that would certainly dampen a lot of optimism. When people keep calling and say, hey, we want you to come and play for us, what am I going to do? I, am I going to say no thank you and start a career over, a whole new career with no real direction, or do I continue doing something I know how to do and I kind of know the process? As long as they keep calling, I'm going to keep going.
Well, we're in Florida. I'm in Florida. Lonesome Dove riding solo for about nine days, eight days until Julie gets in town. We've found it's best to kind of do that, to kind of have me come into town and get reacclimated. But you kind of get out of here and all of a sudden you are on an island. You're not part of the family anymore. It, and it's it's kind of a lonely feeling. Uh, today was kind of a breakthrough day in terms of batting practice. Um, just kind of the body got limbered up and decided to hit some balls really far. I hit a couple balls that were, I was like, I walked out and under my breath, I'm like, holy cow, that's really far. How'd I do that? It's like Luke, every time I, every time he does something or I do something, he says, how I do that? Or dad, how you do that? And it just reminded me of that walking out. I was like, wow, how I do that? I felt like my son. First game tonight, we played the Twins. I started in center field. Tough night in the outfield, though, to play it on flat balls because the wind was whipping. It was about 55 degrees and raining in Fort Myers, Florida. And my wife brought it in from Arizona, attached the cloud cover and the storm system to her jet. It's kind of a gift. It's a you know, special talent she has. She, you know, it's worried about, you know, skin cancer and ozone problems and stuff, so she thought she'd bring some gray clouds. That's really not true, really. I hit a three-run home run against the Cardinals. My first at-bat was a three-run homer, and it was a really far one. This was about as good as I can hit a baseball. It was cool. And then an inning later, I make maybe the best play I've ever made in the outfield. You know, line driving the gap, I'm on a full sprint, get perfectly vertical or horizontal to the ground, and make a catch. The situation was pretty big, too. His base is loaded with two outs, and it's a three-run game. So if I don't catch it, then the game's tied. Uh, it was kind of a cool thing. Kind of a cool thing. Well, bam, I've just been traded, and that's how things go. Probably about 7, 8 o'clock at night, um, we started packing, and they told us to be on a flight and be ready to go by 9 a.m. the next morning. So um, there was a lot of emotion there. Uh, number one is, wow, we're packing again. I had dentist appointments planned the next day, and uh, here we are back in Arizona within the day. So it's very interesting, but, you know, for us it's nothing new. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of Adams, but not of the game. Um, he seems like he's got to prove himself all over again, uh, his his ability and his character. So just got to kind of sit back and wait to see what happens here. What a beautiful town. I'm in San Diego. Um, of course, no word yet if I've made the team or not. It's Friday night, April Fool's Day, and... I oftentimes feel like a fool. I don't know. It's just every year I got to explain to people, you know, well, what's going to happen? Uh, uh, I don't know. It's just a interesting, interesting thing to to be up in the air for so long. But the irony is, I've never felt so calm, so relaxed, and so confident going into a season. I'm just at total peace and contentment. Uh, with my place in baseball. 
that's not of me, I would guess. I mean, that's God. That's totally God. That's where I'm at. As it turns out, they pull me into the office and they say, uh, you know, we just want to confirm what you probably already know. You're going to join us in, in Colorado for opening day. I did it. I made a team. Julie and the family are going to come over for opening day, and we're going to enjoy it. Take one day at a time, as silly as that is, but that's what you do. You assume you're part of the team. You act like you're part of the team. You are a part of the team. And so perform and help the team and do that as long as you can. Yeah, just don't whack it. Well, it, you know, it's very exciting, but it just doesn't seem like it's like hallelujah kind of thing because it's pretty much more exciting in 2000 when he got called up for the first time to be in the major leagues, to make opening day roster. It's a great, it's great, but I think it was more exciting in 2000, his first call up after 10 years of, you know, perseverance and he finally got the call. It's, it's so hard to be so positive about it because again, here we are not knowing we want to find a place to live in San Diego, yet I can't do it because we know that he might be out of there in 15 days. So this will probably be another year of moving around. Heistuk got to see her husband make his first major league opening appearance with the San Diego Padres in April. He only played 17 games with the team before he was sent down from the big league club to Portland, the Padres AAA affiliate. His family went with him. He's planning on being back at spring training next year for another go-round. High Stew Diaries were originally produced by Mark Moran for KJZZ Public Radio in Phoenix, Arizona. This show was produced by Renee Gattel with editing by Lissa Mudd. Our senior producer is Tamara Keith, and I'm Andrea Seabrook. Join us next time on B-Side.
Oh, now I kinda knew just what to do. Well, just to cheer up a boy, she 